I'm going to show you a speech revealing how the U.S. allied with terrorists intentionally created the chaos in Syria. The speech was given by the former head of the criminal law division at the Pentagon, a veteran soldier and a U.S. Marine who fought in numerous combats for U.S. wars. He is Colonel Richard Black. He heavily criticized the U.S. increasingly extreme foreign policies, especially the U.S. role in the Ukraine crisis, its war in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and Syria. He previously was on my show as well, revealing how the U.S. created the illusion of Chinese and Russian aggression. If you want to check my interview with Colonel Richard Black, you can come to my channel or search both my name, Li Jingjing, and Richard Black's name on YouTube. You will find all the videos. And now, let's hear what Colonel Richard Black explains the truth about the Syrian crisis in his own words. We're told that we're fighting a war on terror, but we're not. We're closely allied with terrorists like Al Qaeda in an endless quest to destroy Arab civilizations throughout the Middle East. Few Americans can even name all of our wars. Serbia, Iraq, Libya, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, Ukraine. None of them attacked us. We attacked all of them. Just look at the case of Syria. Remember what Syria once was? Before the war, Syria had a nicely balanced economy. It produced most of its own industrial goods, produced its fuel and agricultural products had very little poverty and enjoyed thriving trade, and it was financially responsible. It had enjoyed 40 years of peace with Israel and the constitution drafted under President Assad guarantees equal rights for women. And importantly, it guarantees religious freedom in three different parts of the text. I read it. Syria is a model for other Arab states, especially ones like Saudi Arabia, which have no constitution at all. We call Syria's president a dictator. But in 2014, he was overwhelmingly elected by the people of Syria in a fair and free election. It was very heavily monitored. There were lots of observers all agreed that it had been a, a true and valid election. So uh, Syria is, is a model of elective democracy, if you want to call it that, uh, for, the, for the Arab world. But the Americans pretend that the election never happened. And yet many Syrians who spent 15 hours in the blazing sun so that they could vote for President Assad were targeted and killed by U.S.-backed rebels uh, who fired mortars into their midst and, and killed them. Now, after 10 years of war, I think it's important to recognize after 10 years of war, not a single rebel leader has ever emerged as a popular figure with the West loves the terrorists that the people of Syria despise. You know, we're taught to hate President Assad because he cracked down on rioters in 2011, 
and they say that he gassed his people. But that's not true, because we decided to attack Syria 10 years before all of that. In 2001, Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld ordered the Pentagon to draft plans to overthrow seven countries in the Mideast, beginning with Iraq, then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off with Iran. Not one of them had harmed the United States. In 26, or in 2006, the U.S. Embassy in Damascus drew up detailed plans to destabilize and overthrow Syria. Those were widely disseminated to the Pentagon, to various unified commands. They went to NATO. They went widely across the world. The specific plans to destabilize and overthrow Syria, and that was long before any demonstrations had ever occurred in Syria, and uh, yet we claim them as the reason that we oppose President Assad. In 2011, also during the Arab Spring, the highly secretive Central Intelligence Agency Special Activities Center sent paramilitary teams into the sovereign territory of Syria to identify, train, equip, and lead terrorists to overthrow the Syrian government. In 2013, Barack Obama formalized, formalized this long-standing support for anti-Syrian terrorists by secretly authorizing CIA program Timber Sycamore. Under program Timber Sycamore, the CIA's Special Operations Division trained, armed, and paid thousands of terrorists to fight against Syria. Those armies totally under our control. And in one case, a, a group in, in Aleppo, we had paid over a thousand of their people salaries, given them arms, given them training. And it wasn't until they kidnapped a small Palestinian boy who was being treated in a hospital. They kidnapped him. They took him to the central square in Aleppo. And in order to terrorize the people into not fleeing Aleppo, which was being cordoned off by Syrian troops, they took him to the center in a pickup truck. They grabbed the little boy by the hair. They took a knife and they slashed his head off. And then they paraded it. They held it up and waved it in front of the crowd as a warning. Don't escape from Aleppo. We paid the salaries of every man who held that boy's head aloft. We gave them their weapons. They gave them, we gave them their truck. We gave them everything that they needed. And it was only after that very gruesome incident that we decided, well, that's an embarrassment. We better not pay them. We have been paying terrorists like this throughout the war. NATO and the United States have maintained an intense propaganda campaign against Syria from the outset. Sarin gas attacks that killed civilians were blamed on President Assad. But not one reporter ever asked why Assad would use gas against children, but not against armies of terrorists 
bearing down on the capital of Damascus? The reason is obvious. There is no answer for that. And the journalists are smart enough to know that if they ask that question, their career in journalism is finished. Secretary of Defense James Mattis admitted in 2018 that the U.S. had no evidence that Assad had ever used sarin gas. Two courageous Turkish members of parliament were quickly accused of treason after they revealed an indictment, a criminal indictment, that showed how an Al-Qaeda cell had infiltrated 2.2 kilos of sarin gas across the border from Turkey uh, for use in Syria, most likely going to Damascus for the initial attack uh, that was the, the red line attack that almost sent American troops into, into Syria. So why do we attack Syria? Well, there are a number of reasons. Part of it ties in with Israeli foreign policy. But the U.S. also seeks to capture oil and gas routes, serving Saudi to pipeline access. Saudi has an intense desire to impose harsh Wahhabi Islam on the religiously harmonious The Turks uh, cast a greedy eye on the industrial city of Aleppo. Uh, the Turks also want to capture the oil and the agricultural produce of the nation uh, that is produced in northern Syria. So there are many people who have these desires, and, uh, uh, and uh, there are many reasons behind the war. Uh, certainly, uh, the uh, American arms dealers profit immensely from the lucrative deals like the 600 BMP-71 anti-tank missiles that the Central Intelligence Agency rushed to Al-Qaeda in 2014 to prepare them to attack across the Turkish border. It was only with those CIA-provided uh, anti-tank weapons that the Al-Qaeda terrorists were able to break through the Syrian uh, armor and the Syrian lines and uh, seize the beautiful town of Kassab and behead the Christians who were there and all of the churches and then smash ancient tombstones with, uh, with sledgehammers. Uh, that was done thanks to the CIA. Uh, Al-Qaeda never could have broken the Syrian lines without those anti-tank missiles. Many of these terrorist groups have sworn to behead the Christians and the Alawites and to make sex slaves of their wives and daughters. One jihadist famously drove his American-made Humvee into battle with a naked slave girl slashed lashed to his windshield and he knew that the soldiers would hesitate to shoot at his home v as long as there was an innocent girl lashed to the windshield and then that's why he used it that's why he he put this poor girl up there 
and drove her first into battle as his shield. In 2015, U.S. troops illegally invaded northern Syria and unlawfully seized Syria's oil. We authorized an American oil company to build a refinery for $150 million and to drill for more oil on sovereign Syrian land. Before the war, Syria never needed oil or natural gas because it was self-sufficient. It exported a little bit, but it was not a big uh, oil-producing country. But what was important is that it provided all of the fuel, all of the gasoline, all of the heating fuel uh, for the uh, power plants and so forth in, uh, in Syria. But now, the legacy of the nation has been stolen by the United States, leaving Syrians to freeze to death in the winter as we steal their fuel. The same region, northern Syria, is the breadbasket of the country. It grew enough wheat to feed the entire nation, to export a little bit, but this too has been stolen. We gave it to the Kurds who are shipping Syrian wheat to Turkish merchants, while Syrian peasants starved. To tighten the noose on Syria, Secretary Mike Pompeo bragged about cutting Syria off from sources of currency and blockading oil tankers arriving from Iran. He's right. We've caused immense death, disease, and suffering for poor Syrians. Americans are routinely reminded that we're not getting common people, the leaders. Rubbish. That's a total lie. Sanctions do nothing but attack the innocent, the poor, the helpless. They are the most cruel and barbaric type of warfare that we can wage. We steal food, fuel, and medicine from the poor. We blockade supplies for rebuilding so that Syrian men must fight for a living or starve. If we ended the blockade, they could work rebuilding the country. Syrians are tired of war. We've imposed 10 years of war on them. They want to rebuild. The young men, the, the time that, that fighting wars was, was exotic is over. They want to go home. They want to build families. They want to rebuild their homes and their businesses. But the United States blockades all materials necessary for rebuilding so that young Syrian men must fight for a living or starve. As it is, the only work is fighting, which will go on as long as we continue funding it. The world must reject the 10 years against the Syrians, but we've oppressed the Iraqi people for 30 years. We've dropped over a quarter of a million bombs on Iraq, and we bombed them even while we sit in military base camps occupying the country. This madness must stop. 